Are you using one of our official Mockstars uh, can toppers? Yes, sir. They're called can caps. Can caps, they're called. Oh, is that the sound of a crisp Dr. P? The crispest Dr. P in the world. In the in the world. Resealed by the Cora Labs Mock Stars Can Cap. Welcome to the Mock Stars Podcast. I am Evan Kunai, one of your hosts, and I'm here with the other two Mock Stars, Jordan Garcia. Yo, what up? And Christopher Ritter. Yo. Today is a big old happy birthday to the podcast. It is our one year anniversary, the 52nd episode. We release an episode every single week, every single Friday. And thank you to everyone out there, our patrons, or pa- patrons, 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 usable object, Tordeth, and Claire. Yo, yo, yo. Thank you guys. And to all of our friends and family who've listened over the past year to who have been supporting the show. Um, we're so appreciative. And thank you for sharing the podcast, just encouraging us in general. It's been honestly such a pleasure to be able to do this with you guys, too. Um, and thank you guys so much for being here week in, week out. 52. Yeah, it's, it's their support that has made us the number one podcast in Magic the Gathering and Dr. Pepper. It's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. On the internet. Those on the, stats? On the internet, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some uh, off-internet podcasts covering both Magic the Gathering and Dr. Pepper. <laughs> We're never going to catch up to those guys. <laughs> get, yeah, they're, they've been running forever. Yeah. If this is your first time listening to the show... What if Richard Garfield was on like a ham radio? Just like talking about... (laughs) (laughs) Just trucker radio. (laughs) He's been doing this since Alpha. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to have a hard time catching up with that. Yeah. I don't know how we get enough support. That's good content. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. And if you need to know where to go to support the show, you can do so by following our link tree, which is down below in the description if you're watching us on YouTube where you can subscribe, like, and hit that bell for more notifications. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple or Apple Podcasts, and most major podcasting platforms. Be sure to leave a five-star review. Uh, it goes a long way for helping or to helping new people find the show and uh, also makes us look really freaking good, doesn't it? Five stars, that's a good look. Um... We start every show off with some pre-game actions, and the first one is Dr. Pepper is the greatest soda on the planet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we have these lovely new uh, can caps by Cora Labs that are, so it's a product we're going to be featuring at MagicCon in Las Vegas this weekend. Uh, they're beautiful. They fit right on top of the can, and they keep your Dr. P nice and crispy. Now, are these legal in other soda formats, or is it only Dr. Pepper? Well, DP exclusive? They're DP exclusive. I actually saw them. They were on the ban list. Ooh. Too powerful? For the modern soda, but okay. standard soda, mm-hmm. fine. A 23 spice blend yeah. could stand up to such a cap. Got it. Right, right, Got right. Got it. Yep. Potentially beer, if you're not a game. These are really cool. I've actually never heard of these things before. Yeah, it's uh, honestly kind of revolutionary. Yeah, and right. I, I like the way you pitched it to me, you know, outside of like games, sports games and stuff like that. You know, we all play with, you know, expensive cards on magic mats and stuff like that. Being able to like pop that top and then 
cover it up, cap that that can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you will, you want to preserve every precious drop of Doctor P and keep your card safe. No, I don't give a shit about your cards. I'm talking about the Doctor Pepper. Keep it crispy. Keep Doctor P crispy. Keep your cardboard crispy. Cardboard yes. crispy. Doctor P crispy. Everything's yep. crispy with a good can cap. Uh, another crazy announcement today, which I didn't think we were gonna see, but we did. We saw it. My Little Pony is getting a secret layer uh, coming out in what well, it's available now, and you can order it up until November. I think I saw that's but, a long ass run. Yeah, it's a two month run, mm-hmm. um, or till the end of November. So uh, it's the first time we're seeing silver bordered cards in a long time, over a year okay. since uh, Infinity released. Oh, well, Infinity was black border. So before then, when was the last silver border cards we saw? Was that like unstable? I don't know. I play. I don't play that shit. Or un something. It was an un something. Yeah. Uh, silver border cards are a rarity and a pretty uncommon thing. When you read these cards, they are pretty cute and they are pretty unique. A lot of them refer uh, like uh, objects outside of the game, like putting a toy on something. And if your toy has a horn, it, you get to scry to. And if it has wings, it gets flying. So it's trying to promote the the brand and like play My Little Pony action figures as your tokens, and then you get added benefit from that. But there is one card that references coolness, which I thought was pretty cool. And every time uh, something happens, you get 20% coolness. And when you get 100% coolness, you get to tap it, add Wooberg to your mana pool, draw a card, and do some other stuff. And uh, then your coolness resets. So I don't like the fact that you lose your cool. But you get cool in the process. Uh, That's Rainbow Dash. Anyway, Rainbow Dash. These are not cards that I'm interested Great in. Great card. They did this once before. That's did they like not? a build around. Like pre Secret Layer era. Yeah, they, but they were the, the Dinobots or whatever, and then this. Yeah, this was like when Hasbro first purchased Wizards of the Coast. Hmm. They did like a card or like at HasbroCon or whatever. Uh, same with like the uh, Grimlock. Yeah, Grimlock. The, the Tyler Jacobson uh, Transformer. First ever Transformer card. So. Uh, they release these cards prior. They're uh, not legal in any form of play, and these won't be either. They're just kind of a cool keepsake if you're a My Little Pony fan or if you're a brony. Shout out to our bronies. Shout out to bronies. The Dr. Pepper brony crossover, Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is the pod for you. Yeah. How much overlap is there, you think? I mean, Dr. Pepper is largely considered the best beverage on Earth, so I Pretty large. That would be oh. among ponies. I would say it was say, the majority yeah. of bronies. I mean, if you filled up a trough full of Dr. Pepper, I, it would be crazy if those ponies weren't going ham. I feel like... I don't know if horses can drink it. Should we just start a test and see what animals enjoy Dr. Pepper? We should. Yeah. Uh, Where's Chonky at? What dies to Dr. Pepper? <laughs> yeah. What yeah. loves Dr. Pepper? I will say Jordan and I were out at this like sweet soiree in, uh, in Seattle the other night, and we were just... Well, we were having a drink and we saw on the table next to us, someone had a half drank bottle of a Dr. Pepper I've never seen before. Oh, a rare pep. Yeah. Dr. Pepper, strawberries and cream. Ooh. Pretty spicy. And it led me to go on a rabbit hole of like, what products, what what kind of products does Dr. Pepper actually produce? There's a lot. There's a lot. Evan did post post the whole roster in our Discord. (laughs) Yeah, uh, which, by the way, I didn't mention it before, but join our Discord, and if you become a patron of the show, you get the official Pepperhead roll, and you get access to the 
Dr. Pepper channel where I, I did indeed post the entire roster of products from Dr. Pepper. So this info is beyond like a paywall. Uh, I don't want to. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is. is like our channel fireball. This is, yeah, this but, is where you get your excellent engagement <laughs> with your favorite content creators. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, and you get access to the shower thoughts, which formulates a lot of uh, the content you're going to see here cool. on the show. So, Ruby. That being said, this past year was pretty crazy. We had a good, a lot of, a lot of good laughs, a lot of good goofs mm-hmm. right here on the show. Um, Honestly, it just everything in life has been so crazy and, and blurry and everything happened so quickly, it seemed. But um, I mean, there's just got uh, what are your your guys some of your favorite memories from this past year? Anything off the top of the dome? Anything off the top of the dome? Off the top. Yeah. Top the Dr. Pepper. Well, I got one yep. and you guys are going to feel stupid that I went first. Oh, we got to meet and subsequently play games with uh, one Gavin Verity recently, and that was uh, pretty freaking sick. Yeah, that was there you sick. Go. Yeah. And we got to ask him a lot of cool questions that we, we can't. That, yeah. I mean, as a person, I just I love games, you know, like yeah. getting to talk to a game designer and one who designs a very large game. It was very satisfying for me to get to pick his brain. Totally. Uh, it was just kind of cool to see how down to earth he was very he recognized exactly who he is he knows who he is and the gravity he carries with his position and uh was very careful about the things he said but it was also very candid about a lot of the processes that go into making magic yeah that was really cool i think we've gotten a lot of cool experiences that we wouldn't have otherwise we've obviously have a growing discord with a great community i was not expecting that when we first started this you know totally we got tons of homies that we did not used to have yeah, that's probably the coolest part for me, honestly. The friends, like, and all the people we've met through playing tournaments, through just like getting out and like getting the broad, like getting the podcast out there. That whole process was just the people we've met has been the most rewarding part. Yeah, I will say when we went to that second uh, Laughing Dragon Issaquah CDH tournament, we went there and I, there was a bunch of people that already had like Mock Star stickers and shit on their water bottles and stuff. Like that felt good. That was pretty sick. Yeah, and the amount of people who kept coming after us for like, hey. I beat that mock star. Give me a foil sticker. Everybody wants the foil sticker. Dude. Yeah, everybody wants. It. We got a prize on our head. And you got an opportunity in Vegas to yeah. beat us. That's true. Yeah, we'll be jamming games all weekend. And we'll have foil stickers. Yeah, I, we also we, have some can caps. We also have some can caps. I think we also have a offer out there that if you name a breed of cow, you get you get a play mat. <laughs> I think that, I think we made that seems all like a podcast. very intense. Oh gosh, that, uh, Evan, a hundred and did make I and did, left in okay, the episode. I, <laughs> yep, I listened to it this morning. It is in the app. It is in the. It is canon uh, that I did make that offer. If um, you come to us and tell us your favorite breed of cow, Jordan's favorite breed of cow. Let's uh, let's alter it. If you come in and tell Jordan's favorite breed of cow, um, no spoilers. You got to go listen to the last episode. Then I and you come up to the table. I will I will consider giving you a playmat if we have any left, because they're gonna fly off the shelves like hotcakes. Because we're that cool. Everyone wants our merch. Ritter, any uh, favorite moments from the year, man? Man, I'm just thinking about all the crispy Doctor P's that we've cracked. Obviously, uh, all the cardboard we've turned sideways. Our diabetes testing that we got to do together that was great. Yeah, yeah, that was phenomenal. Uh, what are we talking about? Dr. Dr. Pepper. Obviously, Dr. Pepper. We're talking about the fact that we've been best friends and making a magic podcast for one year straight. Some would say that we're the real life uh, My Little Pony. 
some have oh. some would and have said yep. that. Yep. Right and now when a lot you, of people say when that. you opened your mouth and said it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a people. You are. Yeah. Um can you explain yourself? Uh I I yeah, I'm a person <laughs> in the same way that, for example, uh, a My Little Pony is a pony. Nailed it. Yep. Perfect. Wow. No more questions. Moving on. Yep. Got it. <laughs> fully understand your point. <laughs> that was beautiful. No, I explained it. So we're there. All right. It's what? been. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it has honestly been wonderful. Yeah, no, it's been yeah, actually. Right. Uh, there have been days when we absolutely got like thrashed at work and we'd like. On a Monday, we can come in and just like not ready to record like at all. And then we'd sit down and we would come up with a topic and we'd start talking. And as soon as we finished, like it was so much better. Like you just felt so much better uh, after everything that had already happened throughout the day. It just lifts the weight off your shoulders. So it's been, yeah, really crazy cool. Hell yeah. Well, moving so, on to your next point, because I totally agree. Yeah. What is the the future of the show? Where are we? What direction are we moving this? Now well, that we, we got the, the Patreon up, we're going out to Vegas this week to get all the homies. Yeah, I think uh, it was uh, kind of a shot in the dark to apply for the content creator passes at Vegas because when I was typing in like everything that happened with the show, they were like asking, like, how many viewers do you have every week? And I was like, uh, t- 20. <laughs> thousand, 20,000 viewers a week. 20, you know, 20 racks. Yeah, you know, and it's grown since then. And, uh, you know, for them to like reach out and be like, Hey, we'd love to have you in Vegas as official content creators. It was kind of cool. And I think that just kind of like gave this uh, validation to know that we can keep pushing this forward. And, uh, I'm excited for the future of it. And, um, I think the beginning is we sort of soft launched the Patreon last week and we already have a few like really awesome patrons. Thank you guys for signing up so early. Um, but I think that's kind of the, the way that the spot we're going to move forward is, um, continue to offer more. We want to be building and growing this. So like offering more and new kinds of content and then offering more and new kinds of merchandise and spending more of our time interacting with our community. And that's kind of how I, we're, we're devising a game plan right now where we've been sitting down we've just been talking about how, uh, that's gonna, how that's going to happen, get a plan of action and, yeah, I don't want to be the only one talking. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, that's kind of my thought is like, we just keep putting it, keep putting in that work. Keep it in the work, keep doing the community engagement. I think Evan and I were talking, it was like, you know, the uh, the CDH side of things, the coverage, you know, is like something that doesn't exist a ton of, and we're still like, I guess, as a community figuring out what that looks like, right? And I we think got something coming up, right? We got something official. We got tons of things coming up. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, um, I mean, we want to do more Twitch streams, like how we did and covered that tournament doing IRL cover, uh, tournament coverage, maybe even looking like uh, uh, moving forward, we actually have like an analytics portion of the episode where segments, uh, we use like the some of the websites we've shown you guys in the past, like EDH Top 16, mm-hmm. um, and then also branching out other formats and using those analytics and kind of getting like generalized metas. And that is something that updates, you know, weekly, monthly, whatever. Uh, we can kind of have a recurring segment there, I think. Um just tracking like this growing world that you guys are pushing, you know, we're pushing out so much new stuff. Like this is a growing community, a growing hobby, uh, and a growing content stream. Yeah. We have confirmation from Gabby at Olympic cards and comics that, uh, November 4th, we will be there and we will be streaming that event. So this is a big event. This is their big quarterly. And this is the Mm -hmm. first time they've allowed proxies in their building. They are doing uh, 10 proxies for the tournament. Uh, I think that's a huge deal. And I want them to have a huge turnout 
and they have always some amazing, amazing players down there. So I would love to cover that. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's going to be streamed live on our Twitch. So um, pretty oh, cool yeah. opportunity. Yeah, always check it out. Yeah, yeah. For me, that's what I want to do more of is stuff like that. Yeah, and be thoughtful with it too. I think I've I've been watching a lot of content lately and digesting more um, as the TV in our living room is broken. I've spent more time <laughs> in front of the computer, and uh, that's been one thing I've been doing is is just digesting more content to sort of like do a little research and figure out what direction we want to go. And I just want to make sure, like, and, and we we're definitely going to make it a goal is to be thoughtful with our content too. So that like, it isn't just shallow speaking on certain things, um, you know, just being like, well, this is this way. Cause it's that way. Like that just, to me, just, I, it doesn't seem like it's very entertaining. So, but sometimes things are that way because they're this way. It is the way it is because of the way it is. Mm. You can tell deep, it's deep thoughts. Yeah. Are these shower thoughts or deep thoughts? I, Whoa. Are we in the shower right now? Um, well, I, we, we do record from the shower. I do have one shower thought I'd like to throw out your boys since yeah. we're in this weird, uh, ambiguous segment. Yeah, let's uh, go. Shout out Tordeth, one of our newest Patreon members. And if you guys want to become a pepperhead, it's only $3 to subscribe on Patreon. Uh, shout out Tordeth. Shower thought here. Can we go back to Color Pie Hate, e.g. Conversion or Angry Mob? Maybe give me a card white or one white instant exile one black or red creature something that's specifically oh going back to focusing on uh color pie you know we're talking carpet of flowers i yeah. red elemental blast i yeah exactly that's where what i was thinking i would love to see them finish out the color pie uh with the color wheel on uh red elemental blast blue elemental blast get the the green and black and and white ones in there well what does that hit though like, including pyroblast and hydroblast what does green elemental blast do uh i think uh green goes against black sometimes because there is there is traditionally have been green cards that hate on black and black cards that hate on green life force yeah stuff like that and then uh in traditional wizards fashion the white one will suck (laughs) yeah (laughs) like well if green's against black what is what is white against is it uh blue black red everyone, everyone i guess you if you were gonna blue. do five you'd have to start having them focus on like shards and stuff and not just like one v one yeah that's what i was thinking too is like if you made a two color instant like a a green and a red instant that hit anything that was black uh black blue or white mm-hmm. you know basically just the resistance because the color uh, requirement would sort of offset like its effectiveness yeah and and honestly i feel like just in general like for real that in the more you're playing cdh the more you see it is that like other colors besides blue need to be able to like interact on the stack yeah you know yeah more and more and we're getting those options either that or like permanents that allow them to kind of stay in the game or interact in some some Mm -hmm. fashion yeah imagine like a uh, well, I'll just stick to the green red. Uh, a green red mana dork that you could tap it for one of any color, but it would have protection from blue and black. Like mm-hmm. something like that would be pretty crazy. And I honestly, I would kind of love that. It'd be it's a whole new design. Well, it's not a whole new design space, but it is design space that ha- can be explored even more than mm-hmm. than we're already seeing. So that is a great shower thought by Tordeth. I'm really actually stoked. That's uh, our first little segment. All right, moving on to our main subject. Today we're talking about potentially the best card in the game across multiple formats. Island. Island go. <laughs> Thank you, Ritter. Uh, 
it is it is busted and honestly it's uh has a legend uh, and it precedes itself so let's get right into it the island ban it i think we should ban it i was just saying that colors besides blue need the ability to interact on the stack and what better way to do that by kind of eliminating the stack as a place just of interaction ban. by banning banning islands yeah you could ban islands entirely and it would resolve a lot of the issues that we see with uh, interaction on the stack i mean i and i think island alone doesn't do it you have to like nerf blue mana mm. you know mm-hmm. you have to errata blue mana you have to have blue it's just colorless yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that's right. That, you know, they changed the companion ruling. I think that's they, this one's an easy one. Yep. Way easier than the companion change, Way for easier. sure. Yeah, and it's universally, it's been asked for, clamored for even by, by just the general audience. What are we actually talking about? We're talking about the One Ring. One of the most amazing cards that we've ever seen printed. I can't remember another time when a card was spoiled and everyone went, nah. And then it got released into the pool, and then it just went, yeah. Dude, I hate to, I hate to say it, but I was definitely a guy who was like, meh. Four mana. Oh, my God. What a fucking goober I was. Listen to old podcasts. Listen to Jordan just make an ass of it. Just say how yeah. bad this card is. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I never really considered, because we play a lot of CDH, that like other formats revolving the ETB game protection of everything two to maybe three turns in a row is yeah. really, really good at winning you the game. Apparently when it, yeah, when it says you can't lose the game next turn unless some other fuckery happens. So Which in that, like a, that environment really doesn't happen. No, it's it just, I, you know, it, everyone's like, Oh, I can create a copy of it and get the ETB. No, I mean, you have to cast it in order to get the ETB, but when you have four of in any deck, like, or in, different formats have them four of in there it's just once you get to that mana like tron or whatever it's just so easy to just fire them off fire them off yeah protection, that's the protection. Thing, yeah. tron mono green tron like uh sometimes it's so much easier to like stop on like four or five and then get to seven the next turn before you're like fully there so now you actually have something that like along the ladder that you're allowed to resolve that just gives you a massive advantage uh and then yeah then you push into cdh and now all of a sudden we're talking about it becoming potentially one of the best draw engines in our format now it's colorless, so every deck gets to play it. Some decks get to take more advantage of it via like untapping or anything like that. Um, I feel like a long for a long time now, people have been saying that the risk like Ristic Study is this is a Ristic Study format. Ristic Study is one of the best cards, if not the best card mm-hmm. in our format. And this is just a colorless version of that. If not maybe better than Ristic Study, question mark. Um I don't know, because like where do you stand on like, hey, are you mulliganing? towards getting the one ring in your opening hand in the same way that you're like, hey, you're kind of looking for a hand that either has Rhystic Study, Remora, or like, uh, you know, Esper Sentinel to, right. to start off. I mean, if or I have the mana to get me there. To it, you know? Yeah, if I have the mana to get me there, I think I'm just as happy resolving this as I am at any of those things. Okay. Yeah, and it's easy piece to get that mana. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And sometimes, you know, in CD, we a lot of times we have a glut of like colorless mana in this format, and so now we have a really juicy thing. Like sometimes that mana vault isn't fully efficient, and you're not using all that colorless mana, but now all of a sudden you can go land mana vault, turn two ring. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does run into that weird um, spot where you know, like we were saying, in other formats, it protects you for an entire turn. Like you basically can't lose the game on that turn. But in EDH, there are so many alternate win conditions that 
even though those exist and they are the most efficient ways to win the game, the one ring has still prevailed and become one of the most valuable pieces in any deck. It makes you want to change how your deck's built so you can build around it mm-hmm. because just drawing that many more cards every single game can just net you so much more advantage over your opponents. It breaks parity on its own just by entering the battlefield. Yeah, uh, it, it runs away with games if unanswered and turns out it has uh, indestructible, so it's a lot harder to answer it. Yeah. Why, why did it get indestructible? It got destroyed at the end <laughs> of the show. Yeah, for me, I absolutely like have to stick to my guns. I want to build into it to be like, oh, now I can play Dockside. If I play the One Ring, I can play Dockside uh, in my like Shaline Hlar or any other build that I want to do. And I just have to stay put and realize that Stony Silence just gets better because of this card. Because it comes at, like everyone wants to play it. It is what for the base variant, it's like sixty dollars, something like that. So mm-hmm. when you look at it and you go, okay, that means the demand is super high. Everyone's playing it. Everyone wants to play it because of the card value that it generates. Like Mardu decks now have a Rhystic Study in their in their build, and uh, just playing. Stony Silence and Collector Oof actually they actually went up in value as far as like how powerful they are um, just with the creation of this card. I mean, I, I think you even if you're playing like a green deck that's playing Collector Oof and uh, Null Rod and yeah. Titania Song and everything. I mean, I, I feel like you even then you still play the one ring for the times when you don't have that artifact hate in play. Like it's just that good that there's yeah right. to come up with a really strong reason not to be playing it. And like playing artifact hate isn't even a strong enough reason. Right. At, at times I'm still like, uh, I mean, I'm still playing Man of Alt, Mana Crypt, like certain rocks, like a, a small shell of like mana rocks that do become dead. Like they're dead cards in hand if I'm sitting here with a Stony Silence on board because I don't have anything that's an outlet to like sack an enchantment. Once that's on the board, it's there until an opponent removes it. So it, yeah, it does make me wonder if the card value that I would generate just by the one ring alone is worth like pulling something else out of the deck, a different artifact out so that I can play that instead. I feel like the one ring is just like, if you have the spot for soul ring, it's in there. Like the one ring too. Like I think it's an auto include like commander is now like, you know, a 98 card deck that you're building, you know, because two of the spots are solved automatically. Right. Um, Would you say that it's uh, like, 97 card deck because of like mana crypt and stuff like that no because there's times where i there's decks where i don't play mana crypt because it's just like well what am i gonna do with um you know two colorless pips like i I never need two colorless mana in the same turn like you know so i think there's occasions there and like the downside of that is too high versus soul ring where it's just all upside you can sure you, you you will use an extra colorless mana for sure you'll take the ramp right yeah uh, and less risk in losing life, I guess. Exactly. You know, yeah. it depends. Yeah, how you're playing into the mid game, yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah, I never really thought of it as one of those like automatic include cards because we've always talked about the top, what top two hundred, top three hundred cards. And I think now, if we were to rank them all, I think on average, the One Ring is it the best card in Magic in CDH right now? If you were to just be like. On average, if we were to, I would put it at number three. I, yeah, exactly. Like, I would say top ten. Yeah, yeah. It, like if you're in blue, would you ever be all Fristic Study for any reason? Nope. 
No. Okay. No. And it's yeah. and it's essentially as good as Ristic Study. You're saying so, and you have access to it in every color. It outpaces Ristic Study later in the game. I think and there's a few decks that won't play it, like Turbo decks, like Rog Sai decks. Yeah. And stuff I mean, like that. if you're but dedicated to the Adnals plan, some of like, them even talk about cutting Ristic does, Study though yeah. for the same reason, which is psychotic. So, mm. well, I think we're starting to see our meta like this. This Northwest meta. I know that you guys out there who are listening and are part of this and have been grinding. Your your meta, the meta that you've created with Kenrith, is starting to bleed out into the, the world because Adam just went to Mox Masters and won the whole freaking thing with a Kenrith build that we have seen multiple times, like it played against multiple times, and not many people know what to say about it because it is like so flexible and it's so powerful. It, this mid-game strategy, this mid-game format that you guys are, are molding is becoming the most powerful and one of the more popular ways to play CDH now. Yeah, no, I think um, we definitely have, like, I think mid range is king right now, a hundred percent. And like, especially now that we have, it was king before we had like cards, like the one ring being printed. And now that it was just firmly cemented that all decks are mid range decks now because they want to play cards like the one ring. There was a big fear with CDH that it would only last two turns. And that really hasn't been my experience, and I think it's just ultimately changed. But now they're becoming more valuable mid-game engines that are worth playing. Because if you fail in that endeavor to like turbo out of you know Thassa's Oracle, there's just a good chance you get stopped. Stifle was like uh, almost an auto include in blue decks for a while because it would stop Dockside, stop Thassa's Oracle. So yeah, I think an interesting thing starts occurring when mid-range decks start challenging the meta for like you know top seat at that time it's like it forces the decks that make questionable card decisions in favor of speed they start making them like question those things like Mm -hmm. playing those like turbo decks against three mid-range decks feels really bad sometimes sometimes it's great sometimes you can squeak out the win before you i mean the card quality is just so tight that you have to kind of be on a no bad card build exactly that's yeah. kind of that that's a great way of, way of putting it is i think that is kind of how the meta is shifting right now is mm-hmm. every deck is becoming nbc every deck is like how can we maximize every sque- like last squeeze every how would we get every drop of juice out yeah, of this like those those black and red rituals just become dead cards like you know mid game like get them out of your deck yeah yeah yeah, I think, yeah, overall, like, card quality, as we get more and more and more and more cards that fit into that top 300, right? Like, we have to start kicking things out, and our mm-hmm. card quality is just improving. Mm-hmm. Well, there are a ton of cards that are already, like, working their way out naturally. Yeah. I think you just... Sylvan Library versus yeah, One sure. Ring? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. or, or I think even, like, you know, outside of Mono Black, like, Necropotence, like, yeah. One Ring is a strictly better Necropotence. Oh, yeah, I big agree. Mm-hmm. I love Necropotence, and I agree. Yeah, and and, you know... I mean, part of this conversation, too, another thing that was printed recently that kind of pushes the one ring in other formats, I don't know about CDH, if we've seen that yet, is Beseech the Mirror. Where you oh, just right. Kind of, where you, where you're going to tutor... Beseech is sorcery speed, right? Yeah. So at least it's not that busted to be instant speed, but you're going to tutor for the one ring and be able to just drop it for free. The fact know, that they... That tutor. Yeah, the fact that they say the bargain clause is any artifact, any enchantment, or any token... Like with the way the game has been built the last couple of years, like tokens are just an every everyday freaking part of what you're doing. And sometimes it actually like is a downside to create a token for some cards. And so you have that to bargain with with Beseech the Mirror and it's just a free search and cast. So mm-hmm. um, it's like having potentially eight one rings. 
in your deck. Yeah, I, I know you're a big fan of that card, Coveted Prize, but this is like a good Coveted Prize. <laughs> this is a good Coveted <laughs> oh Prize. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. This is what I had hoped Coveted Prize would be. Yeah. And speaking to the meta, like outside of just our little CDH world, like mono black mid range is dominating because of Shouldered in this card in the One Ring. Yeah. Like we are just seeing Magic as a like by and large become a mid range game right now. Yeah, I mean, I love it. There was a lot of there was a lot of conversation about how these like they can't print any more cards under one mana value or like that generate mana to a certain extent because there's so many that flood the pool that actually makes the game so much faster. Mm-hmm. So they're actually creating cards that have higher mana values that are I mean, for a while I guess justifiably you'd have to spend 9 mana, 8 to 8 9 10 mana and the card has to say you win the game. Otherwise, it's not worth playing. Yeah, I mean, right? like, was a year ago, you told somebody that there was going to be the one ring coming out. It cost four mana, and they'd be like, no fucking way. Yeah, it wouldn't work. So. Yeah, I mean, but it, that's good, though, right? Because, like, if you want to play fair magic, that is what mid-range is. Yeah. Like, if you get down to the nitty-gritty, you're just describing mid-range. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think every deck should just be a bunch of one- and two-drop cards until you get to the win. Like, I think, you know, that gets very boring, very repetitive, very quickly. I think these decks allow for... Uh, a lot more play and a lot more player skill to shine through. I think mm-hmm. the skill ceiling is significantly higher on something like this. Yeah. Um, and so it just rewards good play. Yeah, and also you get I, I feel like you get more variance in games in a mid-range uh, meta. Like, I think last week I was complaining to you, like, oh man, it's just all fucking dockside loops. Like, <laughs> which is what it feels like sometimes. But like... Or Turbo for thoughts is oracle yeah kind of thing yeah i would like you know even if i'm gonna lose i would at least like to participate in and see more game actions you know how you participate more you know mid-range decks mid-range decks participate like a motherfucker exactly yeah if you ever want to feel like you have agency at a table play a really good mid-range deck i mean that's kind of why i've been liking these yoshi decks lately because i'm doing things Mm -hmm. along the way you're doing stuff always doing something yeah that's why i play stacks Let's so no one is allowed to do things? No, no, no. I get to do things. Yeah. And no one else does. Everyone gets to do one game action or maybe two mm-hmm. on every one of their turns. And then I get like three or four. So that's why. It's nice. I like playing the game more than the, every, when everyone else is playing less. I'm playing more. That's Yeah. Great. I mean, that's fun. Like if you if you are staxing towards WinCon. Totally. Go for it. Yeah. 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 Um, but I think the one ring could be worth taking more taking some stacks out of my deck to sort of grease the wheels i'm 100 percent telling you you should do it yeah you i should will. at least take sylvan library out to and just yeah, oh, one for one right there for sure like i yeah i mean if you're not on that enchantment enchantment centric build anymore which which you're kind of off a little bit it's it, yeah it's a strict upgrade yeah totally yeah. um because we saw that the other night when we went out and we played um with Alex and Bryce, we went out and uh, I locked the game down and it was just a matter of me top decking a win condition. And then it just went turn after turn after turn. I couldn't pick up anything. And had I had the one ring, it would just made everything so much more effective than it was. Yeah, you can draw at instant speed. Yeah. Like Sylvan Library is three cards. It's stapled to your draw step. Necropotence takes away your draw step. It's stapled to your end step. Like... Yeah, I think in even in 1v1 formats, the one ring says for four mana, you don't lose the game next turn and you draw three cards and lose one life. 
Yeah, and actually, the amount of times I've already seen the UK and protection uh, clause become viable in or relevant in Commander, it's already happened multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Like there was one time, uh, a twin caster, you know, dual flame, twin flame, dual caster. That's how it goes. Yeah, uh, went off and they just had infinite tokens like swinging on everybody. It's like, um, okay, I take zero damage. So they yeah. killed both of your opponents and not re- remembering that you had protection. Yeah, they fucking dumped their entire hand into this win line. <laughs> You're like, okay, my turn. Yeah, that's they, fucking awesome. <laughs> yep, they lose all the tokens. Yeah, they lose everything. Like you wouldn't play Teferi's protection, but if that's stapled to a Ristic study, <laughs> then you would probably compelling. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's pretty dang good. Yeah, so that's happened. At, like you know, Najila's a deck, right? And yeah. so you know, the turn that goes off, if you haven't already resolved that, that just says they can't go. And the the thing about it is, it goes around the table. Four players, even after like you do cast it and it resolves and it sits two more players go by and then that third player tries to win the game or like tries to beat you through combat they've already forgotten about it i've uh-huh. forgotten about it yeah it's like i don't know what happens in our brains to think that like oh that's a mental overload yeah that's too much on the stack totally so um i never really thought about that that actually really throws me when you said uh ristic study and teferi's protection stapled to one card yeah yeah for four mana or colorless or mana. We, we were talking about adenals before like think about this like you Maybe not putting it in an Adnals deck, but I think you do put it in there because you miss uh, three player turns of combat, which gives you more life for when you go off with Adnals. Yeah, lets you dig deeper. I think there's like there's already been a growing argument to drop Pure into the Abyss. Like I think we're already past that. But yeah, like, unless you're on Broodlord, like yeah, I don't yeah. think anybody's playing Pure. Even then, there's yeah. better Broodlord lines. I Even think. then, yeah, yeah. we're finding more, and I think that's probably for the best. Yeah. I love Pure, but yeah, it's it just ain't it. Now yep. when you can deflecting swat it and do so many other things. That's a feel bad. It's a real feel bad, <laughs> and it's definitely happened to me more than once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but the one ring never feels like a bad play. Like no. that's the thing. You can't swat that to someone else's field. Um it like you said has indestructible. Has, why does it have indestructible is my question. Uh, Lord of the Rings fans over here? I mean, because the one ring is indestructible except for Until it gets destructed. Although, <laughs> well, yeah, no, you have to cast it into the fires of Mount Doom where yeah. it's forged. There's that uh, the card. card. Mount Doom should have that ability to destroy the one ring. Yeah, it, it does. Well, yeah. tap, destroy target artifact or something like that would be All right. Uh, loses indestructible and Ooh. something like that. Um, no, the uh, they did make a card in the Lord of the Rings set. So like, I, you know, that's where it's like all designed to be self-contained. Like you have to be able to do that for a draftable set. But then, uh, when it gets set out into the wild and free, you know, we all watched Jurassic world and we saw the Indominus Rex chow and munch every living organism, uh, in that park. Uh, that's kind of, kind of how I see the one ring is like this, this beast that was created in this pen and said, you're going to play really well with all the other cards in this set. And they had ways to destroy indestructible or to destroy the one ring. And they were at common or uncommon. I can't remember, but it wasn't a rare card. So uh, you had ways to destroy it. You could get rid of it. But now that's out in the world, those cards aren't good enough as far as like converted mana value to actually be effective in like competitive formats. Yeah. Other than a bounce spell, how do you get rid of this? Exile. Mass Vandal. Okay. What Exile Artifact card? uh, Soul Partition. You at least get rid of it for... Okay. One card. One card that... Is viable right now. Yeah. One viable card in the CDH Uh, pool. I mean, trying to think what else might Exile... Oh, uh, Anguished Unmaking, if you're in Orzhov, like I am. Wow. That takes care of it. The card nobody plays. Exile Target Permanent. 
I'm really yeah. trying to think like across all five colors. There's like, like I said, I said mass vandal, but that's not effective. It's it's a creature. Um, there's got to be something. One white, pretty yeah. much just like the suspend enchantments. This is like pretty much I think the best you can hope for. I just don't think there's anything at instant speed that does what, and that's what you want, right? You don't want something that's not instant speed. I, at the same time, we're talking about how broken. I, actually, none of us has said the word broken, and I think that's part of it. It's like it's so powerful, but it is also four mana, so it feels <laughs> most fair. Yes. You're like, oh, I would say this. I can't be too mad. It about feels this. adequate. I, I don't like using yeah. the word term broken. Oh, I would say it's pushed. Yeah, oh, for sure. It's yeah. definitely pushed. Our stats here are crazy. Yeah, I think the fact that we were like listing through 300 cards off the top of our head, and we can only think of two fringe cards that actually remove this from the battlefield. Yeah, like I feel like when I resolve a Ristic study, like Breath of Fresh Air, like or Sigh of Relief, rather, like you know, it didn't get countered. In my head, I only have it for one rotation, maybe there's, two rotations, because someone's coming for it. There's a lot of removal for it. You know, anybody's in green. I think Force of Vigor is is pretty popular. Totally, it's, it's and out then, there. You know, if anybody's got a Red Blast, you know, that's exactly where that's True. going. True, there are so many decks on Red Blast. Yeah, everybody plays that. So, what about Void Mirror? Void Mirror. Does that have a place if you're in that artifact hate sphere? Could you? Tell uh, me what that does. If it, when when a spell is cast, if no colored mana was spent to cast that spell, counter it instead. Oh, oh, so it's just a, a hate on colorless spells. Yeah, oh, no, that doesn't do it because you can still pay with colored mana. Oh, sure, rate, sure, right? sure. Yeah, yeah, you could yeah. just colorless. No. I guess it hates specifically Tron. Yeah, yeah never mind. No, um, no, it's unstoppable. It's kind of unstoppable, <laughs> is the thing. Yeah. Unless you counter it, if that's a good thing they didn't that. I'm glad they didn't put this cannot be countered be on it because that would have been that would have that would be broken. That is insane. Now that you're you're expecting one color out of five to be the only thing that can interact with this. I think the fact is is that when someone casts it in CDH, it goes on the stack, and while people do know and they do recognize that it is value on value on value every turn that goes by, it what it says actually to the players around the table is. Oh, if that resolves, I don't lose this turn to that player. So I think that's okay. I have to hold up my interaction for when they actually go yeah. for the win. No, yeah. I mean, so. the, the, that last tournament, the amount of like how, how casual the response was to this, like versus like a Ristic study or an ad nauseum. Yeah. Like that, it, it was just like, okay, we're resolved. Like, God respect the ring. Yeah. And it was like, like guys, this is turn two yeah. right now. Like we got to, we got to realize that we got a lot more turns in here and he's oh. going to be drawing a lot more cards than we are. Yeah. Guess what? He won that game. Is the ring kill on site for you or deal with it on site if possible? If you have interaction, yeah, I think there's yeah. no, there, there's no chance. I mean, now let me, let me give you uh your, it does. I don't think it matter which, which seat you're in, but one player is casting uh, the one ring. You can deal with it on the stack. You have one piece of interaction, deal with it on the stack. Another player, man, they got a Ristic study down. They got a full clutch of cards in their hand. They are presenting a possible win. Do you, do you still have to burn? Is that still kill in sight? You still got to interact? That's okay. a great question. I guess it depends on the, the texture of the table. You're not seeing the win happen on that other player, but it's possible, and you know you should be holding up interaction just in case, but is the one ring so compelling that you're like, I have to burn this piece of interaction? Probably a lot of times, yes, but I think this is probably where, you know, the, that's where the conversation starts coming in in the game, and mm -hmm. it just be like... um. Or, you know, the politics side of things. I would try and get that Ristic study player to burn an interaction on those things so then I can hold up an interaction for them and knowing that they're now down one counter spell. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The 
I think it, I the One Ring deserves a more uh, vicious response than Ristic Study does, and I I just know that Ristic Study's been out there for so long that everyone who's ever played against it has just a bad taste in their mouth to watch someone draw seven cards. I play Ristic Study, and everyone always pays the tax. Dude, bro, same. Like I, <laughs> everybody, I'll, I'll like I'll put, sit sit it around for like four turns, and I've drawn two cards off of it. Yeah. Where you know if that sits around for four turns, I'm not going to do the math right now, but it's a lot more than two cards. Well, you can't neutralize it once it's on the board in the same way that you can by just paying the tax. Yeah, study. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like it's uh, the at least Ristic Study has this great like pace keeping you know part yes. built into it where it keeps the table in check almost. Whereas like you can't turbo guy just go off right now because i'll draw a million cards and stop you or win um but the one ring doesn't really do that it's just like agnostic of what everybody else is doing nope. it's like i will trudge forward you can't kill it because you don't have any cards in your deck that will and so next turn i'll just keep drawing more cards and i will just smother you in value yep one ring should have cost five and even then i would probably still play it in every deck or just make it not indestructible yeah like one of those two things but the flavor but the flavor is so good <laughs> the flavor uh no I agree with that I am I think I'm sold after this conversation I'm really happy I bought a borderless foil while we're at PAX <laughs> yeah yeah I mean when you can get your hands on one for forty dollars or less you know it's like honestly congrats like congrats because this is a card that's not going away anytime soon this is clearly a card that Wizards of the Coast and the Rules Committee believe in to not be overpowered. Or to be format warping in any sort of way. I, I I agree with them. Like I don't think it's You don't think it's I format think warping? I think it's format warp warping, but not more so than other cards that also you're not gonna ban. Right. You know? They're not gonna like, ban. Like if Dockside. you're gonna ban the one ring, ban Dockside. Yeah. You know? Oh, fair, fair. Yeah. I think I was thinking like other formats and stuff. Yeah, like it's that. super powerful. It's like a nine point nine power level, but it's not a ten out of ten power level. You know, yeah, I mean? it's it's not flash, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there are definitely some other cards on lists like that have been banned where like obviously Black Lotus need to be limited to one or banned and vintage and whatever legacy. But uh, this is still one where I look at I'm just like, nah, nah, I don't think you need to ban it yet. Not well, even though I think even in 1v1 modern doesn't. Modern even hasn't hasn't even considered it because just modern so fucked that this fucked card is not fucked enough for modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's <laughs> like it, the fact that you don't lose the game, like that is just like the biggest line of text for me when it comes to one v one format. It just says the game is at least going to go on another turn, and potentially three more guaranteed turns as long as I have, am able to reach all four of them in my deck. So, or. Still, potentially, you could hit someone with a Ragavan, get the top card, and it's a one ring. You cast it. Ha-ha! Yeah, I would put it in pretty much most CDH decks. It is such a crazy good card. Is there yep. any deck you're not running it in? or? Um, Personally, no. I'm, yeah. I'm running, putting it in every deck. Uh, if it's, like I said, if it's, like, turbo, 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 and you just, like, you don't even have a single four slot in the thing other than ad nauseum at five, like, I think that deck doesn't play it. Man, even then, I feel like it goes in turbo because like i said you're saving yourself a round of attackers you're you got more life for that ad nause when you blast it I've, yeah I, I i agree i think a lot of them yeah i'm thinking like the most greedy like the greediest of greedies even then lose one of your shitty rituals man just like it, it, yeah. it's a good card it is yeah i mean if you even if you can use one of those rituals to get to this so that you can just you know like as the game develops and goes into the mid game you can still draw like six or seven cards on a tap and mm -hmm. like go wild and still yeah. have your answers. Yeah, and if you're playing those rituals, 
you got the mana turn one for the one ring. Potentially, or, yeah. Yeah, that gives you card advantage. You're you're going to be in a good place to win. Yeah, rock, land, rock, ritual, and then it's it's one ring, and you're you're cruising the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, I think I, I go home and build a mono black uh, adnals with some, you know, fucking one ring and broodlord lines. I honestly, what's your commander? I don't know. Like, I don't want uh, Kirik. It has to be Kirik, right? There's. I mean, if yeah, if you want it to be good, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And wait, you don't pay life with it. No, no. and just lo- you just lose life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I was gonna say Villas would be crazy, but uh, no, it doesn't pay life. I think you guys just convinced me to add one more card to the new deck that I'm brewing with Tordeth in conjunction with Tordeth. Uh, the, um. Uh, that Rocco list, we're t- yeah. that Staxi mid game Rocco list. Yeah, I, I too. If you're on a Stax build, I, oh, you got plenty of turns yep. in your future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. You know, and it isn't guaranteed that you ever run into Stony Silence. So you know, if you can stack the board out in other ways while still being able to tap your one ring and get a bunch of cards, I still think that those Stax pieces are valuable. Since we couldn't even name two viable pieces of removal for the one ring, that Stax. Still a great option to stopping it. Null Rod, Stony Silence, Collector Oof. True. One of the naming the- Chalice on four. Boom. Donzo. Just yeah. put eight mana. Yep. Done <laughs> freaking deal. You know, Oko uh can elk it. Like there's a few very few things that you can do to to really it's stop it. Crazy. Mm. Yeah. Like, Resculpt is probably the most popular. Is it exile? Yeah, it's exile target artifact and they get a four four. Okay. Um, so there are or, or artifact or creature is what resculpt is. So, so if you decks playing resculpt though, yeah, um, maybe more now. Yeah. Quick reminder that it is happy birthday to the podcast. Yeah. So I was going to ask you guys, what are I mean, as we're wrapping up here, what are you guys taking to Vegas to play? We're going to be jamming games all week. Um, I have to take my famous uh, Schlein Hlar and my famous Zerus deck. Uh, we're also going to be jamming some drafts, and we're doing that unknown event with Gavin. So I, yep. I think I'm going to have plenty of cards in my hands all weekend. Very excited to play that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to bring Yoshi Timna. I think maybe one other deck, and then that Dan Dan variant. Oh, let's go! GDG. Come play Chris's Dan Dan variant. Yeah. What color is it? Can you tell us? Uh, white. Ooh, mono white Dan Dan. No idea what it is other than that. Let's freaking find out. I'm as confused as you are. I'm very excited to see it. Uh, I think I'm going to go pick up a pre-con maybe. They have oh. some casual action. That sounds really fun. I actually. think, I mean, I'm guessing they'll have them at the convention, like some mm-hmm. vendor. So I'll just grab a pre-con and just fucking jam out. Yeah, I'm thinking like not bringing a ton of decks myself just because like we're going to be surrounded by cards. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that might be the route because you know what I wish Magic did? Like Digimon does with the premium decks and what Pokemon does with the pre- premium decks. Uh, if Magic did premium commander decks, just Dude. it doesn't have to be much. It doesn't. Thought, have uh, to commander be much. Masters was a premium product. Oh, uh, just just shocks, just shocks a mana base, and then some synergy of reprints. I don't just some recognition of like competition, good cards, competitive yes, cards yeah. synergizing well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be taking that, and I'm going to be bringing Najila for some down and dirty CDH games. Yep. Uh, I feel like we're going to have a decent CDH crew there, so I'm excited to get some games in. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see a collective of Magic players of all varying skill levels, and I think that's just going to be like the craziest part is having all these people come through to our like our play table, which will be there on Friday from three to five. Um, come play with us. Uh, 
if we get someone who's interested in CDH, like we're, we're willing to spank you. So come on over and uh, try to win yourself a play mat. We love spanks. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. And check out these sweet can caps by Cora Labs uh, 3D printing. Thank you again for sending these over. And remember that you are listening to the number one podcast on the internet for Magic the Gathering and Dr. Pepper. DP. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by subscribing to us on YouTube. Hit that like, subscribe, and bell for more notifications. Follow us on all major podcasting platforms. Leave us a five-star review because we're sick and we're awesome. Yeah. And then uh, join the Discord server because we're popping off on there. And if you'd like to have even greater access to the Discord server, you can do so by joining our Patreon. For $3 a month, you gain the exclusive Pepperhead Roll. Pepperhead. We're going to have some great rewards coming up on our Patreon. Yes. Yeah, we're working oh. towards making that a uh, just better for everyone involved. Oh, yeah. Gameplay videos, whatever, whatever. If you guys have any ideas for how much you want to spend on some crazy stuff, whether it's you know coaching, deck techs, being on the show, I don't know. See you. Say what you're interested in doing. Yep. Merch. Yeah. Merch. Yeah. Obviously, merch. I showed the guys some sick Mock Stars jerseys. Oh, yeah. I I might have to I, I have pull to the trigger on that. Um, yeah. We are going to have the cleanest merch. We're the, we're the best MTG podcast on the web about Dr. Pepper and clean merch. We will exclusively be releasing our token designs on the Patreon. So if uh, you're not a patron yet, uh, that is where we'll be showing them first. And we'll be displaying them at MagicCon in Las Vegas. So if you're in MagicCon, that is your first chance to check out our new merch, our new line of merchandise. And uh, after that, we'll uh, be showing them exclusively to our patrons. So not only new tokens, dude. It's a whole new freaking mat too. Yeah. Shout out to oh, boy, Eli Death Milk Designs. Whole he new lifestyle. Fucking crushed it. Mm-hmm. This shit looks so good. I'm excited excited to show you guys because. Uh, it's very much our vibe. Not only are we super excited to show you guys, we're super excited for the future of this show and the future of where the, what this holds and where it takes us. Uh, and MagicCon is just the beginning. This yeah, your first year is going to be big. Yeah, this first year is just the beginning. Uh, so thank you for listening. This has been the Bo- Mock Stars Podcast, episode number 52. Happy birthday, guys. Shout out. I'll see you at 69. Happy birthday. Thanks for listening, John. Bye.